0: You're listening to What's The Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most competent version of themselves. We're your hosts,
1: Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people.
0: Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We are so excited because not only is it a new year, it's 2022, (laughs) but we have a very special guest sitting across from us. And this beautiful soul was one of our mentees last year. And she is the first girl on our podcast in 2022. And really, in general, in general, and really like a year ago,
1: like 365 yes. days is when we started working with this beautiful soul. So it's kind of cool that we picked now to bring her back. So, everyone, please put your hands together and welcome Miss Dylan. Hello, Dylan. <laughs> Hello. Dylan to the show. Um, <laughs> Gosh, your mom and your dad trusted Jill and I right out of the gate. We had really just started our business for us to mentor you. So first question, when your mom approached you and was like, hey, you're doing this thing. What did you think? Well,
2: as you do know, when my mom told me, she, it was 15 minutes before you guys were going to call me for the first time. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. I, yeah. <laughs> And she oh. said, um, hey, my friends are going to talk to you just a little bit about their new mentoring prob- or uh, program. She was like, are you free right now? It'll be in about 15 minutes. I was like,
1: <laughs> okay. I guess I'm free right now. I guess
0: I yeah. have nothing else to do. And yeah. yeah, sure. Totally.
1: So it was like an ask tell. It, w- yeah. it was more of a tell. <laughs> okay. I'm just going like, to get ready.
2: You're going to get ready. A re- you're going to receive a phone call. Okay. Minutes.
0: So you... I mean, of course you said yes, and you, that's just really who you are, is always so open and down to honestly do anything, um, but you jumped on the phone with us, and what was your first reaction to the two of us?
2: Well, before I talked to you guys, I was looking up, like, mentor program pr- programs in Phoenix, and I was scared. <laughs>
0: That normal. I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like that with anything. You have a cold and you go to WebMD and you Google it and then it's like, oh, yeah, you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> totally. So I'm sure it probably so was the So what you're same. trying to say
0: is when we do things that are
1: new. <laughs> right? WebMD. WebMD. Okay, so you were scared. Were you scared prior to talking to us or the idea of mentorship?
2: Um, Mentorship. I had no idea. Well, honestly, she didn't tell me your names
0: and I had met you
2: both before and I didn't really remember you, but I had met you both. I remember Jill.
0: Yes. I was going to say, and I met you when you were much younger. You were not a teenage, a teenager when I met you. (laughs) So I'm sure you, you have grown. I have grown. So I'm sure you probably had some questions.
2: Yeah. But yeah, I was just like on Google and I was like, researching programs and there was nothing that I thought was gonna be fun or like interesting or worth my time and then I talked to you guys and I was like wait what like <laughs> who are these people they, this is not this is not scary
0: we definitely
1: it- pack a punch <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm so good we I'm so glad we busted the myth of the the scared what is this you know, because I'm sure it is. It's the, it's the unknown. It's, well, is this going to be for me? Am I going to like this? Am I going to like them? Well, um, question prior to that,
1: why were you searching mentorship? Obviously, timing-wise, things worked out really well for your mom to be introduced to what we were doing, mm-hmm. but you were simultaneously looking for something of the sorts. Why were you looking for well, it? Well,
2: I wasn't really. It was just kind of when she said it. Mm. Um I had no idea like what it was going to be like. Well, also at first she said life coaching. So then I was like concerned. I'm not sure. I didn't know <laughs> if she was thinking kind of like you can't make your own decisions, so we're going to get you someone else who can. Right? Like that was kind of my first idea of like life coaching, like how to make better decisions and not just kind of like help you through your decisions and not like um, I never felt like you guys were like you know you should do this instead of that because that's not a good choice and we're going to help you find a better choice it was like we're going to help you through this choice and figure out how it's going to be a good one and like because this is what you want to do and we're going to help you through that and like make sure that it makes everybody happy and especially you not like you're just your parents
1: well, and Jill alluded to that right away. We're, um, we're team girl. Whoever yeah. the girl we're mentoring is at that point in time, we are 100% on her team. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't turn around and support the parents through the process as well. But our main concern is making sure that you feel good about either the decisions that you've made or the decisions that you have to make. Right. Um, because we know, based on the fact that we were your age at one point, that we didn't make some of the brightest decisions. And it wasn't that we couldn't make them for ourselves, but a little guidance that wasn't our parents at that point in time, would have made a world of difference for
0: us as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was just gonna say that to have a space, a space to really share honestly and openly how you're feeling without feeling judged. Cause when it's mom and dad, yes, of course you have this great relationship with your parents, you specifically do and I know that but sometimes it's still mom and dad and right. you don't want to always share everything and then you kind of hold everything in and to know that someone that you can trust the two of us we we really do try to to let you know we're we're team Dylan and we're not here to then go and share anything that you have you know, confidentially shared with us, with your, with your mom or your dad, but we can, we can, um, also bring conversations to them in a way that loops them in on what they can do to support you. But having that safe space is so incredibly important for girls, especially, especially in this day and age. Yeah so
1: your mom said hey 15 minutes you're meeting with these two life coaches and to you that meant that you couldn't make decisions for yourself now there was a reason she called us specifically which we do not have to get into um, but that's usually why parents reach out to us is because their kids are going through something or they've made a poor decision quote unquote and they think they need help in the decision making arena moving forward Um, we worked with you for eight weeks. So not a long time in the grand scheme of things, but I feel like we had some really powerful conversations. After you finished mentoring with us, how do you feel like it changed or helped you in general?
2: I feel like I had a different view over myself. I guess my relationships, I feel like like with my parents and friends and all that and like I don't know. I found it really helpful in like just being able to express things. Well, personally, it, having hard conversations was one of my outcomes of that. Yeah, yeah. Being able to ask for what I want more instead of just staying down here. Like I learned to like be more expressive over my needs and wants in life, and not just going along with others and like. For my thing, in the beginning of our mentorship, it was like I I really wanted to go back to a school across the country, boarding school. And, and so there were a bunch of hard conversations I had to have. And you guys, like, helped me plan that and open up, like, literally step by step how to prepare myself and my mom for that. And then at the end, I got to go back. So...
1: So for the listeners who don't know, um, <laughs> Dylan attends a boarding school, which is a high school across the country, literally on the East Coast. This this is like a storied thing for your family. It's You weren't the first generation to go here. Will you get into a little bit more about why it was important for you to attend this school and then we can kind of get back on track?
2: Yeah, well everyone in my mom's side of the family went there. And so like that was originally how I Went there in ninth grade, and um, I made a lot of friends. Um, and the school just kind of felt like the right place for me. Um, I was definitely scared at first, and like I was really homesick the first year. And then, like second year, I just kind of I started seeing it as like a lifestyle, being at boarding school, and not like not like that. It was taking away from my other life, or that like you know that I wasn't home so much, but I got to do this instead, and I was like um, yeah, doing all this, but this year, like I started taking initiative and I'm getting good grades, and like and it's like a whole nother thing, there's so many opportunities that I have been able to see this year than before, and all of that happened because I went back and that because I showed how important it was to me and like all of that like
0: i was going to say it was just a different perspective for you yeah yeah you one you were probably a little shell-shocked like whoa this is different i'm on my yeah. own well because what high schooler gets to go to right? a boarding school <laughs> across the country that and sounds it wasn't like a dream like, it wasn't like it was in tucson you know your mom right. couldn't just drive to you if if, right. if need be it was you really had to figure out okay how do I get up on my own and how do I make breakfast for myself? Like you really had to learn um how to be independent. And that probably was jolting. Like, whoa, this is crazy. And I'm only in ninth grade. And to hear that you got to go back and just have a different perspective shift to say, this is a lifestyle, and I I I get to be here and I'm so lucky. Like not a lot of kids get to be in my shoes. So how do I look at it as an opportunity, a really awesome opportunity versus it being a hindrance. Yeah. That's really cool.
2: Yeah.
1: So when we first met you, something had happened that made your mom want you to stay home. Home is in Phoenix. And you really wanted to go back. So one of her um, stipulations was for you to work with us in order for you to prove that you were capable of handling going back. So you did. Spoiler alert. You went back <laughs> last year. Yay. Grades were good. This year is sounds like to me like your year to kind of thrive. We've checked in with you, I don't know, I'd say several times over the past couple of months. And you are part of a really cool committee. You've gotten a job. Photography is really high on your list. Like mm. to me, when it when I see you on social media and when we check in, it feels like you're thriving yeah so tell me a little bit more about how you've implemented in school your third year and how having a little bit of guidance helped you with that.
2: yeah, I kind of started like it was just a whole new perspective of it, like Jill said, like a new opportunity, and like really felt like I had been taking advantage of it, um like such a great school, and like all of this, like really a lot of people that go there like their college rates are like really high and like everyone's so smart and good. And like, I just felt like I was taking advantage of like that opportunity to be that good, you know? And so like this year I am a student ambassador, a peer mentor. So I like mentored little, like you guys, but like the eighth and ninth graders. <laughs>
1: yes, <you laughs> yeah. <do. laughs> yeah.
2: So that was probably something that I wanted to do after our sessions. Um, So yeah, peer mentor, student ambassador. So I like tour people around the campus and like talk to them about like why I go here, why I love it and why I'm a boarding student all that and like, or just what it's like, I guess. Um, And uh, I'm a vice president of a club called Bring Change to Mind. And it's like um, bringing awareness to mental health. And we're trying to like end the stigma around it and all that. And I work at Chipotle. <laughs> yeah, you um, do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh
2: yeah, I'm really into photography. I've been doing a lot with that. I've been doing a lot with photography lately, which is super fun. Uh and I also work at Sweatshop here, front desk. So I've been working on my people skills and all that.
0: Yes, you have. And Sweatshop <laughs> is um it's a spin, it's a spin studio right spin
2: yoga bar
0: spin yoga bar yeah so when she comes home for break she gets no more slinging burritos
1: yeah which before we got on the podcast we were talking about the difficulty of having a job while being a student and juggling all of these other responsibilities and that in and of itself is a learning curve because what did you say about um your new manager when you came back it's like it's different yeah Somebody you didn't know, so different rules apply, and it's just it's difficult right. to juggle, yeah, and she doesn't really have that open
2: mind that mm-hmm. I feel like most if you're a manager, you need to be more uh understanding and not even like understanding it. I don't mean that as if like I should be allowed to call out an hour before work because of this and that like I'm not saying like that, I just mean like as a boarding student, I don't have a car. And so when I was hired, our kind of deal was that I had the same exact schedule as my friend, Anna, because she has a car. And so I can just go with her and all that. And she also works there. So that like works perfectly. And so it's been like a whole, it's been a struggle with her, I guess, um, her scheduling me when I can't work and me being like, Hey, like, you I don't have that. a ride to work, so I won't be able to make it. And we talked about this when you hired me, so, right? I'm not sure what you want me to do about that. Yeah. Like, I don't well, have and it
0: goes—it it goes back to you practicing those hard conversations that you need yeah. to have during our mentorship program yeah. with you. You yeah. needed to have hard conversations with your mom and dad, and 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 Mary and I are we, we always always say the more hard conversations you can have not the easier they've become, but the more confident you are in having them. So I'm really proud of you for yeah. you know, saying, hey, uh, there's a conflict here. And as opposed to me just showing up and scrambling and being freaked out and right. rearranging my whole schedule, I actually need to have a conversation with you and let you know that this wasn't the equipment that we had when I was hired. And right. here's the reasons why. Yeah. So good job, because as a teen, Sometimes we can feel intimidated by adults and right. especially managers, especially those managers who are not understanding, <laughs> where you're like, oh, oh my gosh, okay, she yeah. seems really mean and I'm just gonna have to show up and bite my tongue. And yeah. that um, was
2: the same thing with me not getting paid for the first three months of working there. I right. was just kind of still showing up, even though I wasn't getting paid. And then uh, showing up and showing up and working and working and still wasn't getting paid until I finally said hey, I'm not working again until like, I get paid. And Good then she finally got it together and got my money. So, <laughs> yeah. that's, oh,
1: And that's another issue in and of itself. Yeah. It's like we see adults or managers or other people in our life as authority figures. So it's like you don't want to ruffle feathers. Like you want the job, so you don't want to stand out. You don't want to step out of line. However, um something went wrong with your paperwork, like your paperwork wasn't submitted for you to get beyond payroll. And it's like, that's not okay. We need to draw the line at where something needs to be spoken about or where something needs to be kept inside and can be worked through individually. But something like that is unacceptable. So it is really cool to see you stop what you're doing and say, hey, I'm a valuable person of in this team. And I deserve to get paid just like everybody else. Yeah. Um it's also really cool because as we've talked about many times in the past, people always present you with an example of how you want to be or how you don't want to be. So since she has treated you um in an undesirable way, I, I'm sure she is doling out That across the board. So, I don't think she's necessarily signaling you out in any sort of way. That sounds like her managerial style. Mm -hmm. But it's cool that she's presenting you with a way of how you don't want to show up for other people. Because everyone is always teaching us a lesson. And when you get into a management position, when you open up your own photography shop and you have employees, you're probably never going to treat them in the way that
0: she treated you because you know how bad it made you feel. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think about the conversation of us um, when we talked about your values, and I'm sure what you personally value is not in line with probably what she values. There's some some conflict there, and um, that's where tension can happen. Until you really can use those skills, those communication skills, to figure out how you can work together. Doesn't mean you have to like working with her, but you can, you know, find find a common ground to say like, okay, we're, we're going to put that aside and we're going to move forward, but definitely your values probably are a little bit different than hers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Dylan, I, I want to say that you were really the first girl that opened Mary and I's eyes up to the world of Snapchat. Um, I personally have the app. I use it to communicate with my family, but I I really just thought it was like a fun platform for pictures. They disappear. It was, I never, I've never used it in a way as a form of communication. It was more, it's more fun for me, Mm -hmm. um, and the people that I engage on that app with. Um, but really through you, I learned that you guys, and I say you guys as a collective, as a collective um, an adolescent c- collective. Teenagers nowadays use the platform as a form of communication, texting. It's how you guys find each other when you go to lunch. It's how you find your boyfriends and your girlfriends. It's how you um, stay in touch with people. So really, you are the one who introduced this whole new world to Mary and I, and I thought it was maybe just you, but now over the past year and a half, we've really seen every single girl that we've worked with use Snapchat as their form of communication. Yeah, A lifeline, I would say. I Oh, that's a better yeah. word. A um, lifeline. Because girls don't text
1: us back, but they will snap us back mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. <laughs> so what's with that?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: I feel like
2: Snapchat is kind of it is kind of like what everyone uses all teams and it, it, I think it's a fun way of communication. It is like uh, does go away. Like if you chat on it, it goes away as soon as you swipe off the page. Um, and so I guess you can keep, I don't know, there's no proof of what you said or anything like that as in like what there is on text. Um, and I personally, I use text sometimes, I still use text a lot, but um, I feel like, well, for my more important things, like even with my friends, I still text them, but over snap, it's kind of like, I'll send a quick selfie or like, or just, I don't know, a video of my cat or something. It's like, it's just the form of communication that everyone uses. And I feel like also like, when my, my mom wanted to take away my Snapchat and that was kind of not okay with me because I would feel so, like that is my way of communicating with all of my friends. And there's a lot of people who would not text me. And like, a couple, like my, uh, my closer friends, like they will snap me all the time and then text me sometimes. But if I weren't to like text them first, then we probably never have like a conversation over text <laughs> yeah. rather than over Snapchat.
1: Great. Right. I think For you life. all are like rubbing off on me because I have been horrible at responding my texts in the last six months. I see. Yeah. Really, it's it's been- We've learned
0: that that's called the graveyard.
1: The, the text graveyard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got in trouble based on something that happened in Snapchat and your mom's gut reaction was to take it away. Yeah. And that was like a dagger to you. Um, And generally, when we think of punishment, we want the punishment to fit the crime. Mm -hmm. Um, And for your mom, without asking many questions about Snapchat or without having an understanding of what Snapchat is to you and your peers, would you venture to say that she really didn't understand what she was taking away? Yeah. Like she just saw the fact that you got in trouble or used it to potentially do harm, mm-hmm. um, or have harm done to you, and that was her like, "Snap, take it away. This is this is for bad. It's evil. Don't use it. Yeah. We're no longer using it. You can't use it until you're thirty-seven years old." Type of thing. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. And then yeah. you were like,
0: "No, because no one texts. Okay. I can't yeah. do this." Okay. So, um, for the people listening. Um, and will be listening to this to this episode, especially. I, I want you to talk to the parents. So, if their daughter and or son has the app, like, what advice would you give parents around, like, just some pointers um, if they don't have it? Say they don't have it. The parents don't have it, but their teens do. What what advice would you give them so that they can? understand what you guys are up to on the platform or how they can stay at least aware of conversations that their kids are having?
2: Um, well, I think you could just keep an open mind about it. Like ask questions, ask your kids specifically questions like about how they use it and why it's so important to them, I guess. Um, because I think it's different, everything is different for everybody. Um, But I think that for most teens, it is just solely the form of communication that we all use to talk to each other. And like, it's like a very social platform. And so it's like, you know, there's like private stories and like for your closest friends, and you can just post that silly things that they only certain people can see. And then Uh, you also have your like your main story which is like the same as Instagram um, as in like your main story and then your like close friend story it's like the same sort of thing you can choose who sees what post or what pictures or whatever I don't know it's just really what everybody uses to talk to each other like if you just and also to like see each other like if I haven't seen My friend, I haven't seen my friend Taya in like three years, but we still talk like every day over Snapchat. Mm -hmm. And like we can still like I still know exactly what she looks like because we send selfies every day. Right. And like we're always just talking and I still like know what her life is like and where she goes to school and what the building looks like because of this Snapchat surface or uh, whatever you call it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, what happens? So I, I totally hear you that this truly is like what Mary said. It's a lifeline for you. But what happens if parents, if that's all they see is their kid constantly on their phone and they're like, get off of your phone, like go and do something with your life.
1: Yeah.
0: And again, as a parent, like I have life experience where, I also know in this this line of work that we're in that friends at this age in adolescence is like so important to one another. So as you know, if I were to tell you, Dylan, get off of your phone, you're constantly on your phone. Does that annoy you? How would you give advice to parents around like asking their kid to politely get off of their phone and actually spend time in person with their family or go outside and enjoy um playing basketball or going for a walk how would you like to be approached in that way because i do i feel like you are constantly not you specifically but kids are attached to these devices a computer is constantly in their hands um i feel like i don't really have to get asked
2: to get off my phone
0: so i'm
2: not quite sure how to answer that question i know my brother is a different story and he but his is solely like video games um but he that is his form of
0: communication
2: is his video games and voice chats with his friends and like that's the only way he talks to those people and like and he'll play for hours and hours and hours with no stopping no food no going to the bathroom no eating like no, no chicken <laughs> nuggets yeah oh
1: yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: true. yeah but um he'll just be you know locked up in a room all day on his video games and my dad will go in and like say it's been enough like time to get off and it'll like he'll freak out mm-hmm. or like um yeah he'll he'll freak out that's his one thing Yeah. So I guess it's like for him, I feel like it's easier when we're like, hey, in about 10 minutes, can you get off and come spend some time with me? Or like, I feel like I, I don't know, I feel like (laughs) you can just be more, just watch what, how they react to certain things and then just be super like open and like, hey, like, I want to go do this with you. Can we be done with phones in 10 minutes or like Mm -hmm. something like that instead of like get off
1: abruptly? Well, it goes back to that authoritarian. I'm the boss. I'm the adult. Listen to me, which by all means, we're trying to keep kids safe and off of technology for all day, every day. And there, there's, it feels like there's so many things to juggle and that hasn't changed Mm -hmm. as much as things have changed. They remain the same. And the fact that we all have so much that we're, we're trying to be healthy from and stay safe from. And I mean, obviously we're in a global pandemic still. So it's like health and wellness and, and, and screen time. Um, And I can imagine that your brother is so heightened because he is playing so many video games and whatever games he's playing, he has to be on. So his eyes are probably there and he's shooting people and doing this and doing that. And it's like the minute your dad comes in to say, hey, it's time to turn that off like he's at a level 10 because of what he's been doing on the game. It's never going to be a good time to quit. So I do. I totally appreciate your suggestion of making it be more of an open-ended conversation. Like, hey, I know you're in the middle of something. I don't want to interrupt that, right. but in an hour, how about right. we go get lunch in 10 minutes? How about we take a walk around the block? Like, let's just get moving. Yeah. So it feels like there's two people involved in that conversation. Yeah. And one thing that Jill and I really know from mentoring, not only you, but 20 girls after you, mm-hmm is that it's nice when it's a conversation and not being told what to do. There is a time and a place. I'm not telling parents not to exercise that right. However, we only have 18 years with you. Yeah. Before you spread your wings and you go off and be whatever you're going to be for the world and who you're going to be for this world, I feel like it behooves everyone. It helps everyone in this situation if we can treat you like the adult that you're going to be and have conversations in such a manner that help you critically think about things, make your own responsible decisions. And if you don't make a responsible decision, yes, is there a punishment that should ensue or at the very least a conversation? Absolutely. But we need to prepare you for those hard conversations, for those situations where you have to make a decision, you have to see it play out, path A, path B. Like there's so many things that having just a face to face normal conversation will prepare you for in life right and
2: i think that the more conversations you have with your parents the more cuz they're going to be the most understanding and reasonable people that you meet in life are your parents and like um the more practice like i say practice as in like the more like trouble you get in with your parents and the way you figure out a reasonable um compromise in between the two of you and like those conversations and how you're going to move on and like these certain steps or whatever it's like how you're going to learn to talk to your boss and like your boyfriend and girlfriend like in the future and like all of that like it's you can use your parents as a resource of learning
0: absolutely concept, so. and and I And I just want to call out, too, that your parents have done this type of work before. So they are very self-aware of how they respond versus react. And that's why a lot of the parents that we also work with and the families that we work with, sometimes these conversations are the first time that they're hearing it for themselves. And we're trying to teach their daughter the same concept. So they're like, oh, Whoa, maybe I should actually check in with myself yeah. around how I'm approaching a conversation or how that really hurt her feelings when I said it a certain way. And I want to show her that I can take responsibility for my behavior or my actions and make it right and clean it up so that she will do it the next time. Right. So, like you said, when it happens in a relationship, when it happens with a boss, when whatever else is is happening with a stranger, it's like, you know, you are prepared because like you said, and I love the word practice, you practice it with the people who love you the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. So as we
1: start to wind down, obviously, I would say this last year and a half for us has been wild, but it has equally been wild for you because as we introduced you to our audience, we started working with you a year ago now, um, and you had just come home from boarding school. And you were home for, when did you officially go back to school? Like May?
2: No.
1: April. No. So you were home for about four months. Yeah. Then you came home for the summer, obviously. You've been back in school this year. What would you say um, was your biggest lesson in this last year within the situation that you found? Um, on your, we have a questionnaire that we send out to our podcast guests. And one thing that you said was, you always like to assume the best in people because we all deserve that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you embodied that going back to school this year. Um I don't necessarily want to speak for you, but I want to hear your biggest lesson in this last year and a half with the trouble you got into, the time you had to serve with Jill and I <laughs> and getting to go back and like like I said thriving. You're from our point of view you're doing so incredibly well, we couldn't be more proud. So I want to hear what you have um, taken away from that.
2: Like taking in like don't take anything for granted. Like there's so many opportunities that I had last year that I didn't see. And then this year I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I should be doing that. And then now I am. And like it's like a different it, like it's, it's a different lifestyle. And it's, like, I'm still learning, like, to this day, all about myself and my life and what I want to do when I grow up and all of that. And it's, like, just being more attentive and, like, just don't take anything for granted. Like, just get on top of it.
0: Yeah. It's almost like you were wearing rose-colored glasses last year. Yeah. And with everybody who poured themselves into you they allowed you they empowered you to take those glasses off so you can see things clearer and I think that's okay sometimes we're gonna we're gonna have seasons where that's all we see is whatever color it is that we're the the lens that we're looking through and for you that was your season and now it's like whoa I totally learned from that and now look at I mean, you're so incredibly active in your school's community, um, in, in the community that you're, you're working in. And when you come back to Phoenix, I mean, you're a
1: good sweatshop. You take pictures of all the people oh your mom gosh. works with. It's
0: pretty incredible. It's really incredible. And, and to hear what's possible for, because how old are you now, Dylan? 16. You're 16 like to hear a 16-year-old girl do all of these incredible things, I can't imagine who you're going to be in two years. And I definitely can't imagine what your life's going to look like in 10. And mm-hmm. because like you said, you're taking opportunities into your own hands mm-hmm. and, and developing yourself every single day to be better.
2: Yeah.
1: So we're going to sign off with um just the sentiment that jill shared a few minutes ago and saying how proud we are of you Mm -hmm. um we love to work with girls in the sense that we love to make sure they can see how bright they shine and um your light is shining so freaking bright Mm -hmm. and the fact that you've turned around and have started mentoring other people Mm -hmm. uh, boys girls whatever it is like you have the experience to do that and it's really cool to see that you've turned around and you're shining your light brightly for other people to see as well Mm -hmm. um because the only ones who are getting in our way are ourselves and the quicker we can learn that lesson pick up pick up the pieces and move on taking advantage of situations and not taking things for granted and trying this outfit on and that outfit on and seeing what really suits us best, the better off we're going to be in life. So it's really cool a year later to turn around and check in with you. So thank you for your time today and your insight and just making us proud and smile. I got goosebumps several Mm -hmm. times during this conversation. So Mm -hmm. keep, keep shining girl. Yes, So
0: incredibly proud of you. And we can't wait to see what's to come. Like the best is yet to come. So Dylan, thanks for joining us today and for everyone listening in. I mean, keep your eye out for this girl because she is one, truly one of a kind. Her photos are gonna be everywhere. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know. (laughs) Um, All right, you guys, well enjoy the rest of your day and we will catch you on the next episode. We see this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, We would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways.
1: One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas. We ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do.
0: And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship. (laughs)